Good evening. Uh, my name is Jason. I, uh, I work here. Um, and uh, it is such an honor to um, get to preach to you on Tuesday nights. I, uh, I just think it's wild that, um, that you let me share with you um, what God has taught me and uh, what he continues to teach his church through the scriptures. Um, I, I truly feel each Tuesday night that I'm in your debt and uh, I'm thankful for this. So, um, uh, I'm really, really excited to talk to you about tonight's sermon. But before that, if, if, if you haven't made a decision yet, um, please, please consider coming to the men's retreat, or the men's retreat and women's retreat, men's advance, women's retreat, whatever, guys. Um, uh, we can retreat and advance. It's fine, right? The last shall be first. Great. Women, you win. Um, uh, because uh, of the retreat names, I wasn't going anywhere else with that. Anyway, uh, but, but in light of the, the sermon on apathy tonight, I, I've been just thinking about how many times in our lives we're sitting in a room like this or we're sitting um, in places, especially in our culture today where you're inundated with so many opportunities on a daily basis, how important it is to just make a decision, um, to, to not sort of be so apathetic that I say, we've been saying for a couple of weeks, a lot of your friends might say, you should come to the retreat this weekend. And you go, nah. Like, I don't even know if that's a yes or a no. I just know I'm going to make the decision at some point. Turns out what will happen is I won't have made the decision, um, but my lack of decision will be my decision. You know, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, if you're really anxious about going, please just, please go. And it'll be a great weekend. I'd love, to, for you guys, I'd love to spend a weekend with you there. Um, ladies, I've never been on a women's retreat, but I hear they're great. Um, I'm assuming that's the truth. Um, <clears throat> so uh, please, please, please go. There's sign-ups in the back. Um, okay, so tonight's sermon is about Apathy, that's a crazy word. I kept looking for a different word, but would you put up the definition of it for me, brother? Um, so this is what it is, and I think it's a perfect word. It's just not a word we use a lot. So apathy literally means a lack of feeling or emotion. A lack of feeling or emotion. I think this is a huge deal in our lives. When we do not feel strongly about something, it causes a minor crisis for many of us. So I want to talk about this tonight, right? Um, in light of this whole sermon series called Something More, where I'm trying to address with you four really peculiar seasons in our lives where faith is really challenging for us. Faith in God is really challenging. Doubt, apathy, suffering, and disappointment. And so tonight we're talking about apathy, how hard it can be for us to have faith when, when we just can't muster up feelings or emotions about what we proclaim to be true, right? So I'm going to touch on some strong emotions tonight, um, but apathy is pretty much the lack of them. Um, it, it's, the, it's sort of the dullness of our emotions, sort of the edge being really, really dull, right? You can't feel apathy strongly. Right? Uh, it, it's, it's kind of an I don't care, um, or in the words of my friend Daniel Starkey, it's whatever. Uh, that's, that's what apathy is, right? So um, <clears throat> apathy can feel sometimes like doubt. It can feel very similar uh, but, but it's distinct. L last week when I talked about doubt, um, I was talking about what happens when we have intellectual problems with our faith. When we have intellectual problems with who is God and who am I and what do I believe about this man called Jesus intellectually. And, and apathy doesn't need any intellectual reasons. What happens um, when I walk into this room, and I'm, like seriously, what happens when this happens? When I walk into this room and I'm fine, I walked in totally fine. But then all of you stand up and start raising your hands and you start singing these songs. And I start thinking, I don't think I feel what I think everybody else feels in this room. Are they wrong? 
did I miss something? I, I don't feel like my hands are just floating to the ceiling and, and I'm at the top of my voice like proclaiming God's glory from the depths of my heart. I don't know how to muster those feelings, but I, I think other people in this place do. What am I supposed to do when I walk in and that kind of dynamic begins to happen within my mind and my heart? If, if I'm really apathetic, I might even recognize that for a minute and then be like, I don't even care. And just sit there and wait till the songs are done. What do we do when we don't feel like it? What do we do in seasons of apathy? Particularly as it relates um, to our faith in Christ, our faith in God. Let's pray. Um, we're going to get into this, all right? Um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I, I thank you for being present with us tonight. I thank you for how you would work in me, a sinner that you would have such mercy um, to proclaim your gospel through me. May, may we have ears to hear what your spirit says to us tonight. May you be at work in our minds and hearts, stirring up uh, soil for your word to plant deeply in. May you be ministering to every single one of us in this room. Um, as I talk about emotions tonight, Father, would you minister to us in our emotions? I don't know if you would have us feel apathy in order to, to make the truth of this sermon tonight more real or if you would want us to feel robust emotions. I don't know. But I trust you're faithful. I trust you're faithful. Would you speak, um, would you speak through me tonight? God, I'd be pleased by that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so, so I really think it's very hard to have faith in Christ often in seasons of, of significant apathy, when we can't feel very much, when our hearts don't really open up a ton, when my mind doesn't immediately just feel like I'm full of awe at the things I'm proclaiming, when the color's dull and like the day just has this gray kind of hue cast over it, when noises aren't quite as loud, everything's just kind of muffled, and what it feels like today is just a Tuesday. That's all it is, it's just a Tuesday. It's not even a really bad day, it's just a Tuesday. It's another Tuesday, it's a step-by-step, moment-by-moment day. I think it can be hard to have faith when, when, when we proclaim with such awesomeness and wonder and exaggerated, maybe exaggerated, maybe not, that's what it feels like when you're apathetic, exaggerated language, these things of God. But today, I, it just feels mundane to me. What do I do when I, when I can't really get excited about much of anything? Now, look, I know we all want to feel. Mm, like, we want to feel things, you know? We want our emotions to line up with what we believe all the time. We want congruency there. Our emotional capability is I, I, it's a God-given thing, and it's a good thing. I am not once during this whole time tonight going to say that emotions are bad. Emotions and our emotional capability are really, really great God-given things. Not every emotion you feel, God wants you to feel in that moment, okay? But the range of emotions that God has given us, there isn't a single one of them that is wholesale bad. They all are given, this range and capability was given to us by God. They're great things. When what we know and what we're doing and what we feel all line up for one magical moment, it's like ecstasy. It feels amazing. You know, like, like the word ecstasy, not the drug ecstasy. I just realized a generational difference here, okay? <laughs> I don't know about the other one, uh, but <laughs> that's another conversation. Um, different talk. Uh, 
but, but, but when, think about this again, when what I believe, like what I know with my mind, what I think might be true with what is happening outside of me, my actions, the world around me, and what I feel inside of me, when those all line up, for just a moment, it feels like the universe is right. Just for a moment. The trick is I can't control that. I can't force that to happen and neither can you. I can't make all that stuff line up just right for a minute. Two out of three, sometimes one out of three, maybe, oftentimes it may not even be any of those, but sometimes it might happen and it feels so great. It's awesome when that happens. We just can't command it. When Delaney was sharing, talking about last year being a time of what she, she called it revival, I know I didn't, I didn't talk to Delaney about what she was sharing tonight, but I know if I asked her, do you wish you could feel that now? She would say, yes, I wish I could feel some of the things I felt last year in this moment. I just don't know how to make it happen. I can't force it. And so this one season, I felt alive and full. And I'm talking about the emotional state of my, my heart and my feelings and stuff. And now I just don't even know. Like I, I, I have trouble getting, she used the word motivation. I have trouble being motivated to get out of bed. Revival speaks of like coming to life over again. A lack of motivation means like I'm just staying in bed, dead. And I don't know how to, con how to move from one to the other all the time with my emotions. And I think there's this unique kind of humility that comes into our lives when we're unable to feel what we want to feel. When I think, you know, for just a moment that I should be really, really happy about something, but I just can't feel happy. When I think, I think I'm supposed to cry right now, but I don't know how to feel sad. Like, and I, I, I'm going to try, so I'm going to be like, thinking about sad things. Come on, just get one tear. Let's go. Like, everybody else is sad here, dude. You just don't feel anything. That's happened to me. I've been in situations where somebody's sharing about somebody dying or at a funeral, and there's times I'm overwhelmed. There's times I've cried at commercials, but I'm at a funeral and I can't cry. And I don't know what's up. With, I don't know how to control all of that all the time. You don't have to quote me on the commercial crying thing. Uh, we can delete that out of the recording. But it happened once. I got really mad and threw the remote and walked out of the room because um, I was embarrassed. Seriously, I was by myself and I embarrassed myself. It's really weird. Anyway, um, but, but there's these times, I think, in our lives where we're trying to muster up feelings, but all we can really come up with is something that's kind of dull or numb. You know? Um, we're trying to, like, I, I have this image in my mind of trying to, like, pull a bucket out of a deep, deep well. And when it comes to the surface, it's just empty. And I'm like, I, I got nothing down there, man. I don't even know what to do. I'm sorry. I don't have anything down there. It's not even sadness. It's just nothing. Ugh, like, it's such a terrible feeling. Or not. Like, how do I say apathy is a terrible feeling? It's not quite right, because if it's really apathetic, it's not even that terrible. It's really nothing. It's like a lack of strong feelings and emotions. This probably would be a terrible feeling if I could feel it. I don't think, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Okay. Uh, but, but I guess what I'm arguing is I think when there's discontinuity, when there's discontinuity between what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling, there's this kind of dissonance that happens in me. I think that might happen in you too. Apathy, a lack of feeling or emotion, I think is pretty hard on us. But I suspect that it's, it's a little harder on us than it needs to be. It's a little harder on us in this generation, in this time, in this culture than it needs to be. And I think this is because we've believed a lie. We've believed a lie that pervades our culture. Many of us perpetuate this lie all the time. Virtually all of us believe it. And I think for most of us, we've heard it our entire lives. And it goes something like this. Follow your passions. Or 
What does your heart tell you? Or do you do whatever you feel is right? I think we've heard things like this our entire lives in our culture. Follow your passions. What does your heart tell you? You do whatever you feel is right. Look in, find those emotions deep in your, the recesses of your heart and pull them out and follow them. Because of this, we are constantly, you guys are constantly being asked and asking, what do we feel? What's in our hearts? What are we passionate about? This is over and over again. This is the conversation so many of us have. So what happens when we don't know? What happens when we don't have an answer to those questions? What happens when we don't know what we feel because we don't feel much of anything? Or what happens when I don't know what my heart is telling me right now? And I don't know even what my passions are or what I feel really passionate about. What do we do? And, and if I start to do something that I'm not passionate about, it makes me wonder if I'm missing out on something or if I'm being a hypocrite. Am I being some kind of liar by doing something that my passions aren't in and my heart isn't in? Should I major in something I don't have strong feelings about? Should I hang out with my friends if my heart's not really in it right now? Like, uh, should I, can I pray if I'm not really passionate about it? Is that whole thing a joke? I want you to imagine, I'm gonna gonna contrast some of this stuff with a couple of things I think maybe we'd all agree about. I want you to imagine, and this is total hypothetical, um, uh, that I'm trying to get physically healthy. Um, Should I... This is what I'd like to do. Should I follow my passions if I'm trying to get physically healthy? Should I do whatever I feel is right in the moment? Especially when I can look back and see that what I, following my passions is what got me unhealthy. I, should I follow my passions? Should I do the things that just feel right all the time? Should I do whatever my heart just wants me to do? That's how I find physical health. So imagine that I don't really feel like getting up in the morning, but I get up anyway. And then imagine I put on exercise clothes, right, workout clothes, but my heart isn't really in it yet. I go to the gym and I'm working out and you see me and it's kind of awkward because you see me at the gym and that's kind of a weird thing, Uh, you know, but let's pretend we get over that and you actually say, hey, how you doing today? And I just tell you, I'm not really passionate about being here. I'm just trying to get through the workout. Uh, Can I put my headphones back in? Um, Thanks. That's probably what it would be actually. That's why I don't go to the gym. you know, but, but let's say that's the interaction. Like, I, I didn't feel like it from the time I woke up. And even at the gym, you know, like, I'm bench pressing, you know, 45 pounds, which is the bar. And that's about it. Uh, and I think that's the bar. Um, and, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, but even there doing, you know, three reps with 45 pounds, that, I, that, that, that I'm not passionate about that either. Should I have just stayed home? Not 45 pounds maybe, okay. But, but should I have just stayed home? Like, my heart wasn't in the whole thing, right? Dude, if your feelings are not in it, man, if your heart's not in it, just, just don't even come. Or could it be a good thing that I went to the gym even though I was feeling apathetic about it? Let me, let me use another example. What about me being a good father to my children? So I have three kids, Jackson, Blythe, and Audrey. They're amazing kids. I adore them. Uh, I, I'm sure lots of parents, I know not every parent thinks their kids are awesome, but a lot of parents do. Um, and I think my kids are really, really cool. They're all, they all have very distinct, amazing personalities that my wife and I frequently watch and wonder and we, we comment on and we marvel at, you know, whatever. But, but, but the truth is, I don't always feel like playing with them. 
I don't, I really don't. Like, I don't always feel like reading to them. There was something in the back of my mind that said, dude, when you're a dad, you're going to love like getting on the floor and playing Legos with your son. And I'm sitting there with a cup of coffee in my hand because I'd rather be drinking coffee and reading a book. Then I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm going like, I, I think I'm supposed to want to get on the floor. Like my son says, daddy, come play Legos with me. And my thought isn't sweet. My thought is, oh, it's almost bedtime. And then I can read a book or then I can hang out with Anna or then I could do something else. It isn't, Man, I'm so passionate about, about, I don't even, this is what it's like with him. This is maybe some of the reason why is I don't get to build anything. I get to watch what he builds and then marvel at it. Uh, that's most, daddy, can you get me the other piece? That's kind of what Legos is with him. But, but even if I could build my own things, you know, um, I still, I know my heart and my feelings aren't really in it. And you could take that into anything with my kids. If I'm not feeling it, should I tell my kids, hey guys, um, it would be kind of disingenuous, you know, for me to read this book to you right now because my heart's not really in it, you know? Um, I just want to be honest. Um, I just don't know if I'm really passionate about this right now. So I'm going to go do the things that I'm passionate about. Um, don't die um, and I'll see you tomorrow, you know? Like, no, I mean, really, like it's, still, it's so silly because that's not at all what anybody thinks a good father should do. You don't think, every single one of you in this room, even though I don't know every one of you in this room, I would promise all of you think if I'm going to be a good dad, I shouldn't do just what I want to do all the time. That there are things I ought to do regardless of what I feel like doing. I should get up and take my kid to school and give him a healthy lunch. Even though it's much easier for me to have him an hour late all the time even, and he's embarrassed walking into class late. Really. You're just, you're just driving him there. You know that I shouldn't just follow my feelings around with that. I want to feel, I, I can't tell you how much I want to feel like playing with them and reading with them all the time. But while I'm waiting for those feelings to come, I don't want to abandon them every time I feel apathetic. And we might agree, I think we would, I think most of us in this room would agree that when I begin to talk about those examples, uh, physical health or playing with my kids or something like this, that, that, that following the whims of my feelings and paying attention to my passions might not be the best route. But with faith, what career should you choose? And so many other things in our life, the assumption seems to be that our feelings are these trustworthy guides that we should follow. And if I'm supposed to do whatever I feel passionate about, then by the same logic, I shouldn't do the things I'm not passionate about. Um, would you put up that... that uh, the verse that's ish from the Bible. Um, I think that we almost expect the Bible to read like this. Your passionate feelings are the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through them. Okay, the verse actually says Jesus is the way that Jesus doesn't say that. He says, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, um, he doesn't say your passionate feelings are the way, the truth, and the life. But this, I sometimes wonder if this is what, is this is the way we act about our faith. This is the way we act about life. Follow your passionate feelings to find your career, your spouse, your calling, what you're supposed to do today. What should you do? Well, what are you passionate about? Isn't that the question? If you're not passionate about it, maybe you shouldn't do it, you know? This isn't what the Bible says. It doesn't say passions will lead you into truth and life. It says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said he would lead us into all truth, not that our feelings would. Listen to a couple other verses from the Bible that talk about our feelings and our mind, our emotions and our mind. Would you put up the first one for me, buddy? This one's actually from the Bible, okay? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. 
Who can understand it? In the next verse in Jeremiah, God says he does. He searches our hearts. But Jeremiah said, from God's mouth, you know, saying, uh, we can't trust our hearts all the time. They're deceitful and sick. And we're left sometimes going, I don't even know what to do with that. I don't know. When I hear breakup stories, that comes out quite a bit. People aren't really sure what happened with their heart and their emotions and their feelings. They don't even know what it means. Would you read the next one? Would you put the next one up for us? From Proverbs 28, 26. This is one of many I could have picked from Proverbs. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Trust yourself. Isn't that the wisdom of the age? I just Googled trusting your own feelings, thinking that I would find somebody critiquing it. I was eight pages deep on Google before I could find, I, I just gave up, actually. I couldn't find anything that was negative. It was all, you should, one of them even said, you should trust your own, yourself before you trust anybody else. Trust your feelings. Learn how to trust your feelings. Learn how to really trust your feelings. You know, these sorts of things all the time. This is not what the scriptures have to say. We've been sold a lie. The wisdom of our age. Follow your heart. This deceitful thing that's desperately sick. Trust your own mind. Forsake the counsel of others. Don't, you don't need to hear others' opinions. You don't need to know what Jesus says about you or what people older, wiser, what your friends who, have, who love you deeply and are able to speak truth into your life, not just flattery. We don't need to listen to what they say. Just trust yourself. I always want to ask how well that's worked out for you. I always do. When we don't feel anything, friends, doesn't mean that what was true yesterday isn't true today. It doesn't mean that the world or our relationships or the truth has changed. It simply means that we don't feel today what we felt yesterday. That's what it means. It, there might be reasons for that. I just need to look elsewhere to discern why I feel differently. In our apathy, I think what we, I know what we want is to feel. That's what we want. We want to feel feel. I want to feel what I felt that weekend. I want to feel what I felt the last time we hung out. I want to feel what I felt the first time that happened. I want to feel like I felt that at that camp. I want to feel. That's what we want when we're apathetic so often. We want to feel what we think others feel. We want to feel happy on command. Sad when we think we should be sad. Passionate about our classes and work. We want to feel enthusiastic about our faith. In times of apathy, we want to feel again. But I, I think we put too much trust in feelings. I want you to listen to this quote from Brennan Manning. Would you put that up for me? Um, thank you, Daniel. Brennan Manning says this. He says, when I get honest, I admit that I'm a bundle of paradoxes. I believe and I doubt. I hope and I get discouraged. I love and I hate. I feel bad about feeling good. I feel guilty about not feeling guilty. I am trusting and suspicious. I am honest and I still play games. Aristotle said I'm a rational animal. I say I am an angel with an incredible capacity for beer. I think this is true of all of us. We believe and we doubt at the same time, often. We hope and we get discouraged. We are trusting people and we're suspicious. We're honest and we play games. What should we do? Which feelings should I follow when they're so fickle and they change, like they change all the time? 
And, and when they're in conflict with each other, which one do I pick? And tonight, in light of our conversation about apathy, what should we do when we don't feel like much of anything at all? When I don't know how to bring those feelings to the surface even. When the drive is gone, when I don't have motivation, when I feel stagnant or lost, which feelings or lack of feelings should I trust? I feel this, therefore that means this is true. Or I don't feel this today, therefore that must mean that yesterday was a lie. What should I trust? What do I do when I walk into a room like this and everyone starts raising their hands and singing these songs and I don't feel it? What do I do when preacher man starts saying stuff and I'm like, uh, I just, I mean, it sounds great, man. I just, it's just sitting like on the surface of my hard heart and I don't know how to make it soft. It's sitting there though. Like I'll let it sit there for a long time. I just don't know how to get it in, you know? What are we supposed to do? I know what I used to do. <laughs> this is what I used to do. I used to sit here, hands at my side with my mouth shut. And I would ask harrowing questions with everybody in the room like this, you know, some super religious guy on his knees up front and, you know, if I went to the right church, people would be waving flags and jumping around, you know, but, but that this was happening and, and I'm sitting in the back and I'm just like this. Like, I'll be respectful. I just don't know how to get into all that. And these are the questions that were going in my mind. What's wrong with me? And then I'd think, nothing, man. So what's wrong with them? And then I'd move from that, you know, to things like, why can't I feel what they feel? Even though this is the conflict, right? Even though I might even be thinking something's wrong with them and maybe they're all believing something that's a lie, there's a part of me that just goes, but I want to feel what they feel because it looks like they're really into it, you know? What am I supposed to do? I, those are the things that would happen in my mind. You know, and there's this one worship song where, um, oh, I, I'm nervous. Um, I'm gonna talk about two worship songs tonight and this, this could be like um, hallowed ground for some of you, but um, sorry. Um, sin opinion, you know, whatever. This isn't scripture. Um, there's this one worship song where the lyrics talk about lifting up our hands and spinning around. I don't even wanna do it. Uh, lifting up our hands and spinning around. Um, and, and I would sit in a room uh, like this and watch people sing this worship song and I would see these people lifting up their hands and spinning around. And I would sit there often in the back and I would look at these people spin and there'd be this moment and I'd think to myself, I, I can't do this anymore. That might sound dramatic. Some of you might be like, that sounds super intense. But, but like those moments, like I'd watch that and I go, I don't know how to feel. How do you ever get to a point that in a crowd of people, you want to lift your hands up and spin in circles? Like, I, would, I don't think that's ever going to happen to me. Like, I just don't think that I could, it's not even, like, 80, 90 years old, I don't think it's possible. Like, maybe for some people, but I don't know about me, so maybe I'm out. And I would have this, as silly as it sounds, I'd have this crisis of faith. And I go, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like, if that's what it means for people to really be in and jump in this thing with both feet and believe, I don't know if I can do it. And I didn't know what to do for a long time. Until I read Psalm 134 and a commentary on Psalm 134. So I want to share that with you tonight because my life completely changed uh, in this one teaching. So let's read Psalm 134 together. Um, and then I want to tell you what um, I read from a pastor named Eugene Peterson about Psalm 134. Psalm 134 is very short. It's three verses and it says this. It says, come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. What part of this talks about your passions and your feelings? 
What part of this psalm says anything about what you're, what's in your heart at this very moment in terms of my emotions for this sort of thing? It's an invitation and a command to the people of God to respond to the truth of who God is. And let me read you what I read in this commentary, right? Eugene Peterson said this. He said, you can lift up your hands regardless of how you feel. It's a simple motor movement. You may not be able to command your heart, but you can command your arms. Lift your arms in blessing, and just maybe your heart will get the message and be lifted up in praise as well. I read that. I read that on a Monday night of my junior year in college. And I went to a Tuesday night worship service the next night, much like this. And I stood there, apathetic, dull, numb. Quite frankly, I was reading a book like this because I was trying to jolt something in my heart. And we started singing this song that people used to sing, my, people my age used to sing all the time, called Did You Feel the Mountains Tremble? Um, and I had kind of this love-hate relationship with the song. I liked most of it. I loved the music. But there's this one line, interestingly enough, it's about dancing again. Uh, and it says, um, oh, this is the bridge or something. It says, oh, I feel like dancing. And then some other stuff I never paid attention to after that. But it said, oh, I feel like dancing. And inevitably, the room would start bouncing a little bit. You know, people would be like this. Somebody would like do a bunch more dancing. That's as much as I'm ever going to do for you guys. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> um, and everybody do this, and I would think, no, I don't, I don't feel like dancing. This is the normal course for me, right? And, and, and that night, um, every time, I, I thought the same thing. I know I don't, I don't feel like dancing. I just don't feel like that at all. I know that everybody's singing this, and I, I wouldn't sing it. I would keep my mouth shut, and I wouldn't sing it, right? That's, that's what I would do normally, right? But this night, after just having read this psalm and meditated on this for a while, the song started playing, and immediately I felt the weight of the deadness in my heart, done like I'm just I'm not I don't even feel strongly about it I'm just like checked out for this song but after reading Psalm 134 I felt this deadness in my heart and immediately my hands just went up as high as I could possibly raise them and I couldn't even sing I couldn't open my mouth I didn't I could I felt like it was alive for me to say oh I feel like dancing because I didn't feel like dancing and so I just did the only thing that I knew how to do in that moment and I was like God I I wish I could feel like dancing, but I don't. And so I don't want to say I feel like dancing. That's really nuts, but I can't do it. But I'll do this. And I just raised my hands. It was one of the most freeing moments of my entire life. One of the most freeing moments of my entire life. I don't know how to worship you with my heart, God, but I can worship you with my hands. My heart is a liar, so I will make my body proclaim the truth. That moment changed my life. It changed my life. I've seen through the great lie or one of the great lies of our time that we are more than our feelings. We're more than our emotions or lack thereof. You have more to offer than the emotions that you feel. You have more to offer than the things that you are intrinsically passionate about on Thursday nights at 930 you are more than that. We are more than what we feel on our hearts, and we are more than what we don't feel. God is greater than our hearts. We have, for example, our time. We have our money. We have our hobbies. We have our thoughts. Brothers and sisters, we have our bodies. We may not be able to marshal our emotions to do our bidding all of the time. 
but by God, we can move our hands, right? So now, when I don't think, when I don't feel like praying, I often get on my knees. Not because I think I'm fooling God, I don't. I hope nobody sees me because I know they would want, you would read it wrong. You might come in and see me in my office or some other place on my knees praying and you might think, man, he really feels, quite frankly, I probably don't. That's probably why I'm on my knees. Because I don't know how to make my heart and my mind even submit to the truth that he is a great God and I am humble before him and he lifts up the humble. And he says the last shall be first in his kingdom, that I'm supposed to take the low seat and he'll move me to the high seat, that I stand before him and I say, God, have mercy on me as sinner. That is true. But so many moments in my life, I don't believe it in my heart. I don't think it's true. I just want some help real quick, God. And I don't feel that humble right now. And so what I do is I get on my knees for a second and I go, I don't know how to feel all this. So I'm gonna do with my body what should be happening with my heart. I'm going to try to jumpstart this sucker into the truth. Whether it happens or not, here's the cool thing. It doesn't change the truth. It changes how I feel about it right now. And so in worship, when I don't feel like singing, I often raise my hands. Most of the time, that's when I'm raising my hands. I don't mind if I skip church once in a while. Maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't know. But on those days when I don't really want to go to church, I'm like, I got to go. I shouldn't have said that. I definitely have to go now <laughs> uh, because I'm starting to feel apathy right now and I need to jumpstart my feelings. I need to, to proclaim to my heart things, not follow it around everywhere. The fact that I do this stuff in spite of my feelings is a testament to what I think is actually true, right? In apathy, I do the same things that I do when I'm full of ecstasy. I proclaim the truth. I just do it with something other than my emotions. When you're feeling apathetic, when you don't know how to feel what you want to feel, brothers and sisters, know that God is greater than your feelings. He's greater than your heart. I know that we want to feel and may God, by his grace, give you wonderful feelings. May he, may he give you feelings that feel like rapture and ecstasy and, and, and emotion and revival and motivation and passion and all these wonderful, wonderful things. May he grant that. But we need something more than our feelings. We need to know that something is true regardless of how we feel because our emotions go like this and that and who in the world can consistently move forward if what we're trusting is our feelings all the time we need to know that the waves and tides of our emotion can crash up against the truth and break upon him without breaking him that's what we need and when we know this, we can lift our hands and we can open our lips and we can obey his commands at every single moment of our lives. Even while the feelings down here sway back and forth and wrestle around like kids. Brothers and sisters, in times of apathy, which so often in our culture can be really challenging for our faith because we put so much trust in our faith, what the scriptures tell us to do, what God tells us to do is we're supposed to say to ourselves, with everything we have, if you don't have it, you don't have to bring it. But with what you do have and you all have bodies, you're here. Bring it and say, bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless the Lord. Lift up your holy hands to the holy place and bless him. 
in apathy, in apathy, I take everything I do have and I bless the Lord. I take everything I do have and I proclaim the truth. I stop worrying about what's left behind and what I don't have anymore. And I, I long for it, I want it. But I say, God, all I have right now, all I have that I know of is my body and my cell phone. So I'm gonna turn it off and set it over here. And I'm gonna lift my hands up and I'm gonna sit here and go, I've got nothing going on in here or here. So I'm just gonna stand here with my body knowing that this is truer than anything inside of me right now. And may your kingdom come and your will be done inside my mind and my heart. But if it hasn't yet, then my body will be that way. This is what we do in apathy. This is how we grow in our faith. This is how we proclaim truth to our apathetic, deceitful hearts. And may it, as we follow God and pursue the truth, may our hearts follow along. Of course, that of course is our prayer. Let me pray for you. As we all now, God, are about to sing songs to you, <laughs> um, it's just really awkward when we start seeing ourselves in third person. Uh, um, would you help us? May your spirit um, search us. May your spirit search our minds and our hearts and reveal to us even this moment, even this night, what we believe and what we don't believe. And would you free all of us up to be honest with our doubts, honest with our apathy? May we not feel um, enslaved to our feelings or lack thereof, but, but know that we can proclaim the truth with our bodies with our money, with our time, with everything else that we have. But you tell us to ask for what we want, and I know that my friends here, I know me, God, I, we want to feel, um, we want to feel uh, aligned with what we believe is true. And so would you be so good as to help us believe and help us feel that this is real and this is true, but, um, but help us to be men and women who fight stronger than that too. who don't chase around um, our emotions and our hearts, deciding how that's gonna lead us for the rest of our lives, knowing that, um, that if we did that, I'd never even go to the gym, which I don't anyway, so you should lead me there. That'd be cool. Um, but tonight, would you help my friends here and me uh, worship you in truth as we sing songs to you and about you? Uh, may we be freed from not having to uh, bring every single ounce of us to the table and have to agree with all this. May we proclaim this truth out of the desperation of our hearts because we need it to be true. Because you are true regardless of what any of us in this room feel. May we come in alignment with you and not demand that you come in alignment with us. May that happen tonight in this place. Uh, may each of us feel free to keep our hands at our sides or our mouths shut or our mouths open and, lift, and our hands lifted up. Be glorified in this, Father. And may you, um, may your spirit lead us into all truth according to your son Jesus' will. His name we pray, amen.